mindful of the time today, and I know that you've got uh, a lot of things to do and uh, places you need to be, but I pray that you'll give us just a little bit of time this morning as we dive into the Word together, and uh, I pray that we're not distracted too much today, but that we will hear the Word of the Lord this morning over the next few moments. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you, Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2, I'm going to pick up right where Jade was exhorting this morning. And uh, we're going to start in verse number 8, read down through verse number 20 to lay a foundation. And if the Lord would help me for a few moments today, I want to talk to you and preach you for a few moments on this thought, a time to proclaim, a time to proclaim. So let us go to Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. They'll have it on the screen if you do not have your Bible with you today. But let's just dive in this morning. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it come to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Evan, would you pray over the word this morning? Thank you, Evan. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. For a few moments today, a time to proclaim. Charles Spurgeon made this statement. He said, and when the Lord Jesus has become your peace, notice he says your peace, remember there is another thing, goodwill towards men. He said, do not try to keep Christmas without goodwill towards men. When I began to think on that quote, I began to realize what is the most important thing that you and I could ever do in life. And my mind, I, yes, there is things up there, even though you all laugh about it. But I, I began to reflect on many things. But then I was reminded of something that, and I shared this with Brother Jade, this morning, briefly, there was a time when most of you, uh, many of you will remember this name, Earl Roberts. Uh, he was found himself in life <coughs> serving the Lord, pastoring a small little church, and was just kind of doing the routine, if you will, of Christianity. But he had an encounter in his life, and it changed everything. That's what set the pace for the world to get to know the name Earl Roberts. <clears throat> and this encounter simply was this. What are you doing 
currently, right now, that is affecting eternity. And that has rolled over and over and over in my spirit. And he realized that in order for a world to come to Christ, they must hear of Christ. (laughs) In order for our family to have an encounter with God, they must see God. And they must see him alive in you and I today. And I think that in a world that is full of great uncertainty, in a world where it seems like the backdrop is nothing but darkness and gross darkness and uncertainty, and we could get into so much today. But I think we have to come back to the basic foundation of our faith and realize this, that as we assemble together here this morning on this Christmas Eve, that first of all, we must be filled with thanksgiving. For the greatest gift that we have received through the birth of this holy child that we just read about together this morning. And for a few moments, I want to revisit this story and I I want to just kind of slow down this morning and just speak into your hearing and not just your natural ear, but I want to speak to that inner man this morning and I want us to really understand that this is a time in which this world needs to hear the message of Jesus. It's a time where this world is searching and looking for answers. And the world has all kinds of ideals and has all kinds of things to offer, but nothing it offers is filled with peace and hope and rest and joy. But you and I today that has encountered this child, we know that it wasn't just a normal thing that was transpiring in Luke chapter 2. So let's begin with the arrival of this precious baby for a few moments. They sung about Messiah today. The arrival of a Messiah was talked about and was even prophetically predicted to come at some point in history. Man just didn't know when, they didn't know how. But yet there began to be some prophetic utterance that began to be uttered throughout time that began to give clear signs of how this Messiah would come. And we know this, that It began by, first of all, there began to be a proclamation by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14 that simply said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. I wonder how that message was really received during that time when they heard this man begin to proclaim such unbelievable words in their hearing. He went as far as to then say, we find that there was a proclamation, there was a sign that simply said that when this child would come forth, he would not just come forth from a virgin, but he would also come from a place called Bethlehem. And we find in Micah chapter 5 and verse number 2 that it says, Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel. And we find that there begins to be these little nuggets, if you will, given so that men could begin to try to have a perspective of there was a day coming. But Isaiah went a little further in Isaiah chapter 9, and he really begins to expound on what this child was going to really represent. And he said in verse number 6 and verse number 7, It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. 
I want to ask the question this morning to all of us, has anybody known him to be wonderful? Has anybody ever known him to be a counselor, a mighty God, a prince of peace? Uh, anybody ever have storms in your life and you said, I, I just don't know how I'm going to make it through this one. And, and now after you have went through it and you look back over your life and you have to realize that, you know what, in myself, there was no way I could have done that. But I see that the prince of peace was present in my life. I, I want you to understand today that as we fast forward a little bit to the Gospel of Luke in chapter number one, we find that if we're really going to understand this arrival, we have to go back and we have to read, and most of us probably are familiar with this passage, but how all of this began, Isaiah had talked about it, and we read of it in Micah, and we read of it in many other places in Scripture, especially Old Testament passages, tells us that there's a day coming when there will be a Messiah, there will be a child that is born. He will come from a virgin. He will be the one that is a mighty God. He is a, a prince of peace. He is wonderful. He's counselor. But then we find, how is this going to happen? And when is this going to happen? We go to Luke chapter number one, and there's a young girl who is a virgin by the name of Mary. And on a normal day, day like any other day, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee, and he begins to speak to her. And this is what he says, Thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And if you read on down to verse 31 of Luke chapter number 1, it says, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of, his, of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary just been a young girl, getting ready to start her life, engaged with Joseph, had her plans, I'm sure, but all of a sudden she finds herself having an encounter, but I love her response, and she says, how shall this be? And he simply begins to speak to her, and he says, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee, and therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Mary, and we hit on this a little bit last week, Mary said this in verse 38 of that chapter. She said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Here's what I want to say this morning. We see upon her willingness to believe there was a fulfillment of what was spoken of for many, many years. And we find that there is a reason to rejoice today because that baby, about nine months later, came forth. And we read about it this morning together. And we find that upon his arrival, that there was another visitation that took place. And this second visitation, the angel of the Lord comes. And we find that the angel of the Lord come and did not come to Mary, did not come to Joseph, but come to some shepherds in a field and simply said that unto you is born. I think that's very interesting to me because he said, for unto you is born this day, the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. But Joseph and Mary was the ones that had walked through this very trying time for nine months. Mary is the one that had been ridiculed. Mary had been the one that was almost put away by Joseph himself if he had not had had a dream and the angel of the Lord had not come and talked to him. I'm sure that according to history and according to custom, that there was a whole lot of reproach that was brought against Joseph himself because he did not put her away. Nine months, there's all kinds of turmoil and uncertainty around them. Everything is changing in their lives, trying to navigate through what really happened. How is this really going to transpire? And all of a sudden, upon the arrival of this baby, 
There's a proclamation from the angel of the Lord to some shepherds that nobody even really knows and says, hey, today, born unto you is a Savior. Think about it today. And we find that then if that's not enough, suddenly after that pronouncement, there is a multitude of a heavenly host that is with them. And they began to say these words, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. We see the impact of this visitation was so great that it caused the shepherds to leave the field and to search for that which was spoken to them. And oh, how I pray for a visitation such as that today in our lives where it would move us from our place of normalcy into a place of where we could have an encounter with this king once again. Which brings me to my message this morning. Not only was the the arrival prophetically spoken of, not only was there a second visitation that we read about this morning, but the proclamation. We find today in Luke chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, it says, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told unto them. On this Christmas Eve, can I tell you, today the world needs to hear again about this baby named Jesus. If we're ever going to see a change in the current trends that we see taking place today before us, there is going to have to be once again a proclamation of this child and who he truly is. I don't care. They can label him as a good teacher. They can label him as a prophet. They can label him what they will. But today, you and I who have encountered him must proclaim who he truly is, that he really is the son of the living God who takes away the sins of the world. And can I tell you, in him is still salvation. In him is still healing. In him is still deliverance. Uh, In him is still hope. In him is still joy unspeakable uh, and full of glory. Can I tell you today, in him there is still a peace that passes all understanding that you and I can have as well as others. Uh, But today the proclamation must be made known. And we find that these shepherds, after they seen it, after they experienced it, they said, we must tell one. No, it says that they, it says they went and they told it abroad. Everywhere they went, they went telling about what they had encountered. And notice as they did, it says that the people that heard this began to wonder at their saying. Why is this so important? Is we see that this started a trend This started a movement in that very time. Can I tell you, you say, well, I'm not a preacher or I'm not a theologian. I'm not a scholar. I'm not this. I'm not. Listen, it's not about what titles we possess, uh, but it's about us understanding that once we have tasted and seen that he is good, that it is our responsibility to proclaim who he is. Uh, And I can tell you that it began with a couple shepherds out in the field uh, that they went and they seen uh, and they said, we must tell everyone what we have encountered uh, and what we have heard. Uh, And as they began to do that, it set in motion, uh, a prophetic fulfillment and a a prophetic uh, timetable, if you will, uh, that has continued to present day. Notice with me, uh, eight days later, we find uh, at the time of purification, Mary and Joseph finds themselves going into the temple. And when they go into the temple, uh, we find this. uh, It says in verse number uh, 21 of chapter number two, it says, and when the eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law, Moses was accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. But notice what happens. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same, he was a man that was just and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel because the Holy Ghost uh, was upon him, and the Holy Spirit had revealed unto him uh, that he should not see death before he saw the Lord's Christ. Notice what happens. And when he came by the Spirit to the temple, it was the Spirit of the Lord begins to lead Simeon into the temple at this anointed time. 
And when he comes in, he sees Joseph, he sees Mary, and he sees a baby. He hasn't heard its name yet. He doesn't know anything other than when he saw him, he said, that is him. And immediately Simeon begins to proclaim that this is the Christ child. And how do you know that? He simply says this. Uh, he says, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. In verse number 29, he said, for my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, which is you and I today, uh, and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things uh, which were spoken of him. Can I tell you today, uh, when the shepherds spoke, uh, we've seen people was in a state of wonder. Uh, we see when Simeon begins to speak, uh, even Mary and Joseph is in a state of amazement. Uh, can I tell you, when Jesus Christ is proclaimed and lifted high, uh, there is something that changes in the atmosphere. Uh, and today what we need is an atmosphere change uh, in the United States of America. It is not going to come through a political party. Uh, it will not come through another election cycle, uh, but if the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will awaken and arise and proclaim, uh, you have a perfect opportunity right now, you and I do in this season, uh, to tell the world that Jesus is still Lord, uh, he is still alive, uh, he is still the Christ, uh, he is still the one that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly uh, what we can ever ask or think. Uh, listen, I know life happens to all of us, uh, but I come to tell you this morning, uh, I don't come with a big message today. Day. Uh, I just come with a proclamation uh, that that baby is no longer a baby. Uh, I can tell you that baby is no longer a 33-year-old man hanging on a cross either, uh, but that baby is sitting uh, at the right hand of the Father uh, making intercession for you and I today. And I will proclaim that he is still the Christ, uh, that he is still the Lord. Uh, he is still the beginning uh, and he is still the end. Uh, he is still the Alpha and he is still the Omega. He is still the first uh, and he's still going to be the last. Uh, he is still the one that is able to touch your family. Uh, he is still able to bring hope in the midst of hopelessness. Uh, he is still able to do what needs to be done. <laughs> Give him a shout of praise this morning if you believe that he's still alive today. I want us to understand uh, that when there is a proclamation of the good news, uh, it changes things around us. Uh, but you and I today uh, are in a world that tells us we have to be silent, uh, that we can't really talk about it. We don't want to be offensive. Uh, we don't want somebody to misunderstand. Listen, uh, I would rather take my chances uh, and proclaim uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord uh, and stand before him uh, and hear these words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The question today is, are we proclaiming this wonderful, glorious message? We find that if you go on, if that's not enough, we find that Simeon is saying, my eyes have seen this salvation. And as he's speaking, as Joseph and Mary are in a state of amazement, if that wasn't enough, there was a, widow that was in the temple. She had been there for 44 years, giving herself to fasting and prayer. Her name was Anna. And we find that she walks in. And it says in verse number 38, chapter number two, it says, it says, and she coming in in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that look for redemption in Jerusalem. Notice with me. So why such noise concerning this child that was born in Bethlehem, one may ask. For we know today he was more than a child. He truly is the son of the living God. One may ask what impact does that have for humanity? What, what does it mean when it says that we have a light unto the Gentiles and when Simeon was speaking, it really takes us to the place where you have to find out what this child himself said when he was a little over 30 years old. In the Gospel of John, it is recorded, chapter number six, it's in your Bible, in verse number 35, the words of Christ himself. 
he makes this proclamation. He says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth in me or on me shall never thirst. Now, I think we need to let that digest into our spirit today because can I tell you, this baby that was born as a young adult male is standing before those that was present. And he says, you need to understand, I am the bread of life. Can I tell you that when Jesus was born and he was placed in a manger, even though we know that when you start talking about the area of Jerusalem and especially you start talking about Bethlehem, we know that we're talking about what it is known for, the meaning of the name is the house of bread. But it was a house that had limited bread until this moment in time. When Jesus came, that manger, and there was a baby that was laid there, what you could not see in the spiritual realm was that there began to be an unlimited amount of bread in the house of bread. And that's why when he was an adult, he could stand and say, I am the bread of life. I'm not just any bread, but if you eat of my bread, you will live. And if you drink of me, you will never thirst. It, I want us to understand that this morning, in the midst of the Christmas celebration that we find ourselves in, there needs to be a proclamation that Jesus Christ is still the answer. No matter what you're faced with today, no matter what you're going through today, can I tell you Jesus is still the answer. He is still the bread of life, and he is still the cup that never runs dry. Corey Ten Boone made this statement. I think it's so fitting. She said, who can add to Christmas? The perfect motive is that God so loved the world. The perfect gift is that he gave his only son. The only requirement is to believe in him. The reward of faith is that you shall have everlasting life. Please hear me. Who can add to Christmas? I'm not here to add anything. To be quite honest, I'm too broke to add anything because Debbie done been everywhere. Just seeing if you're still with me today. You know it's bad when the kids get tired of opening presents. We had to take several pauses just to get them through. But it was a small Christmas, she said. But who can add to Christmas? Can add to Christmas. Here's what I know. I was privileged. I was privileged to be raised in a loving family. It's privileged to have a mama and a daddy that wasn't perfect, but had a heart turned towards Jesus. I go back to my earliest memories. My earliest memories are church. It's not a time in my life where church has not been part of my life in history other than a couple of early adult years when I was stupid. But I never could run away from it. But when I look it back through my, my life, it's always been Jesus. His church. It's always about proclaiming the message that Jesus is Lord. I have to be honest, there was times in my life I didn't 
necessarily value it like I value it now. There's even times in my life I wish maybe it could have been different, ignorantly speaking. But I have went down memory lane and I, I have to ask, the question is what has driven every generation before my generation to continue to proclaim this message about this child. I can tell you that the generations before us, they was not doing it to obtain fame or fortune. There was no fame and there was no fortune in it. It was ridiculed. They were mocked. It was made fun of. And often they paid a great price to take this message and carry it into this generation. My father was bivocational all of his life. My father pastored church after church in this area in his life. He never took a salary. He gave of himself continually. He would work all night, raise 13 kids. He only had one perfect one, and that was me. The other 12 wore him out. I'm only saying that because there's a few of them in the room today. But they, he provided for his family. Mama worked nonstop. What would possess people that had 13 kids to bring 13 more home with them after Sunday morning and feed them all and let them stay at their house and do that week after week and month after month and year after year. And it was all about proclaiming Jesus to a generation. And I had to really stop and I had to evaluate and I had to say, what are we really doing in our lives? Are we just busy spinning and doing events and out of the events and out of all the activities, are we really still proclaiming Jesus? I come on this Christmas morning just to really ask you the question, can you, can you truly say that your life, and I'm not talking about just in here on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, but is your life proclaiming Jesus? Whether you're in the workplace, whether you're in the time of rest and relaxation, or whether you're in a time of leisure with friends and others, or you're at community events, what is the world seeing in you and me? I've come to understand it this age in my life, nothing else matters. I watched my grandbabies open presents yesterday with the greatest joy that I had with my grandbabies yesterday was not watching them open presents. It wasn't them doing anything other than after they opened presents to grab a microphone and begin to sing and dance and praise and to lift up the name of Jesus. In the midst of some of my family that doesn't know who Jesus is. He's just feeling Jesus. He's all right. He don't do any wrong. Yeah. Can I tell you this morning, as they come to the music, who can add to Christmas? No one. But who can proclaim Christmas? Every one of us in this room. And not just on December the 24th and 25th, but every day of our life, we should proclaim that Jesus is Lord. But not that he's just Lord, but that he is alive and he is well. There is many religions across this globe today 
There's many religions that makes a lot of proclamations. They have lots of followers. But none of them have an empty tomb in Jerusalem with a sign that's hanging in it that says he's not here. And you and I today need to understand that we hold the answer in this season of time for this nation and the nations of the world. One of the greatest things that we need to understand is this, that God has given all of us a place. Not everybody's place is here. Not everybody's place is there, there. But we all have a place. I picked on Evan a little bit this morning. You know what? One of the greatest things that I like about Evan is this, is not necessarily his skill of how he plays ball. The one thing that gives me the greatest sense of pride is when I saw some photos that was passed on social media that when he was coming off of the field and on his wristband there was scripture written on his wrist. Sometimes it's not about what you have to say, not necessarily about what you do other than it's about how you do it. I just need to proclaim Jesus is Lord. I go back to Brother Roberts and said, saying, what am I doing right now? It's affecting eternity. Has us been sitting in this room really impacting eternity today? It may surprise you how I answer that question this morning, the answer is really, you're not impacting eternity if you're just sitting here. But if you and I will make a decision that when we get up from this place and we'll proclaim this little baby's life out there, then we will impact eternity. We may not be able to reach everybody, but we can reach somebody. But I just refuse to sit and to let everybody pass me by if I can reach one. And then I'll try to reach one more. And then I'll try to reach one more. God, if you give me strength, I'll reach one more. Lord, if you give me strength, I'll preach one more message. If you give me strength, I'll take one more trip. I'll, I'll go one more place. I'll, I'll feed one more baby. I'll, I'll take care of one more widow. I'll do, I'll do one more. Because if I can just proclaim it one more time. See, today, I, if you come looking for a theologian, you're not going to find one here. Come looking for a scholar, you're not going to find one here. You just find a broken old man that tells you that Jesus is still the answer. He's been good to me. He's been good to my family. He's been good to you. He's been good to this church. He's been good to this ministry all these years. So I think I'll just throw up my hands and say hallelujah. Because he's worthy to be exalted this morning. He's worthy to be exalted today. But the greatest gift that we can give back this morning to the one that has given us so much is to make a commitment in our hearts and our lives today. He says, you know what? For every day that God gives me from this day forward, I will figure out a way to proclaim who he is. Because there's a world that's trying to denounce who he is. They're trying to make him of no value and they're trying everything in the world to make it something other than it is. 
But may I remind you that there was 120 that got filled with the Spirit of God and they turned the world upside down. If every one of us in this room would make a commitment that we will proclaim that Jesus is Lord, we too can turn a world upside down once again. So who can add to Christmas? None of us. But every one of us can still proclaim. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He stepped from the splendors of heaven, laid himself down in a manger to walk to a place called Calvary so that you and I could have life this morning. As we stand all over the house today, maybe you're here this morning and you say, I I know of this baby boy you're talking about today. Maybe you'd say, I've heard heard about it all my life. Or maybe you say, oh, this is something I've heard about, come in contact with over the last five years, 10 years, whatever. I know what you're talking about. I know what Christmas is about. That's one thing, that's fine. But I must ask this question, or I would not be, I would not be worthy to stand here this morning if I didn't ask this question. I know you know of him, but can you truly say this morning that you know him? Right now, you and I have been blessed with a gift, and that gift is called life. But this gift called life that we have been given, it has a date on it of when it will end. And none of us know when that time is, we just know this that it is appointed to every one of us that we will take our last breath here and we will take our first breath in eternity immediately following. And you can know of him. You can be in his house at Christmas. You can be in his house at Easter. You can sit around it. You can hear it. You can hear the words. You can hear them. You can hear the songs. You can, you can even enjoy it. But do you know who he is? Some of the most precious people that's ever graced this ministry, in my opinion, was Charles and Nancy House. I love all of you, but they just had a special, special place in my heart. Debbie got to visit with Nancy this week for about an hour. Nancy said, thank you so much for remembering me. Thank you for loving me. And she sat there and she opened every card that all of you gave her before Debbie left. And she read every one of them. And she just wept and cried every time she opened one. But Charles was one of my biggest cheerleaders. He sat in the, in the little white church on Columbia Avenue. He sat in the building next door. And when we moved into here, he sat right over there in front of Randy and Janie. Sat there every, every time. Year after year after year. He heard me pour my soul out. Message after message after message. Over the course of those many years, I think maybe on two occasions, I'm not a guy that goes gets people. I just thought that's not me. But on a couple occasions, I had walked over and I had put my hands on 
Brother Charles, and I said, would you like to go pray today? Because I just felt impressed. I knew the Lord was dealing with him. He looked at me and said, not today, Ron, not today. I said, okay, buddy. I said, I love you. I, I love you. Not today. He knew of him. Sat around it, enjoyed it, was faithful to it, even supported it, gave faithfully week after week, year after year, just gave, gave, gave. But about 10 weeks before he stepped into eternity, he no longer knew of him. But he stepped over here and he said, I want to know him. I say that to say this. I'm thankful I didn't get weary in well-doing and stop proclaiming Jesus. If it was just for that one, my 25 years of labor is worth it that my friend is in the presence of Almighty God this morning. You hear me? thankful that you know of him but do you know him this ain't about emotion this ain't about hype I'm thankful for all of that but can you say that this baby who is the savior of the world is your savior can you say the one that is king of all kings can you say that he's your king? I don't care how many times you started and stopped. I don't care how messed up your life may be or how perfect it may be this morning. He loves you and he died for you. And he's still saying after 2,000 years, come unto me all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. That's the message I have for you today. But you can have a peace, you can have a rest, and you can have a joy that cannot be explained. Because he really was, and he still really is, the Son of God. So this morning, on this Christmas Eve, and I know turkeys are in ovens and all of those things but if you'd indulge me this morning every head bowed every eye closed just for a moment I want to ask you I'm not talking to anybody else I'm talking to you this morning I'm just talking to you those that's joining us by way of internet I'm talking to you this morning do you know him? Do you know him as Lord? Do you know him as Savior? Is your life in his hands this morning? Have you given everything to him? If you're under the sound of my voice and you cannot say with full certainty that I have surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus. There is nothing greater that you can do during this Christmas season than to say, God, I surrender my life to you. And then as you surrender your life, let your life begin to be a proclamation of the goodness of God, the grace of God. This house is filled with testimonies this morning of the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. You could be a testimony today. His hand is not shortened that he cannot save today. You've not strayed too far. You've not went too far down that he can't reach you today. So if that's you this morning, nobody looking around, would you just lift your hand up and say, Preacher, would you pray for me this morning? God bless you. Is there others this morning? 
thank you. God bless you. Is there others this morning? Today could be your day where you simply say, God, I yield my life to you and I want my life to be a life that proclaims the goodness of God. Maybe you're here this morning under the sound of our voice and you need a miracle. You need a touch in your body. You need a touch in your spirit. You need something. You need joy. You need something to grab a hold of today. Maybe you could say, I'm a Christian. I've given my life to the Lord, but there's some things in my life. Can I tell you, he did not just come to save. He came to heal, deliver, and set free. Maybe there's some things that's transpired in your life over the scope of your life. And it continually tries to re-enter into your life. It tries to weigh you down. It tries to bog you down. Can I tell you, there's freedom today in Christ. If that describes you today, would you just lift your hand, put it right back down. I'd love to pray for you today. God bless you. God bless you. Hands all over this room. God bless you. Here's what I want us to do. saints of God for the next two minutes I want you to just begin to pray right where you're standing if you're in this room and you lifted your hand here's what we say around this house all the time this altar is not a place of weakness but it's a place of strength but if you lifted your hand this morning for any of those things that I just said I'm going to ask you to come and join me in the front of this building. Thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, And as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.